May the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Thank you very much, Charles, for your welcome. It's a great pleasure to be with you here at St. Paul's this morning. A discussion with clergy colleagues the other day revealed just how often words of Scripture or prayers or hymns seem to have been particularly appropriate in times of local, national or international crisis. I well remember the Sunday after the attacks on the Twin Towers in New York back in 2001. I hadn't checked what hymns had been chosen in advance that day, but in Joachim Neander's fine hymn, All My Hope on God is Founded, we found ourselves singing this verse. Pride of man, an earthly glory, sword and crown, betray his trust. What with care and toil he buildeth, tower and temple fall to dust. But God's power, hour by hour, is my temple and my tower. In the Gloucestershire floods of July 2007, which we all remember very well, the opening verse of Psalm 69, which we'd said at morning prayer on that Friday, were similarly pregnant with meaning. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up even to my neck. And in the midst of brutal rocket attacks, civilian losses and cruel devastation witnessed over the past week in Ukraine, the chosen psalms of the day have been amazingly relevant. This is what we read two days ago at morning prayer. Lord, how many are my adversaries? Many there are who rise up against me. But you, Lord, are a shield about me. You are my glory and the lifter up of my head. I will not be afraid of hordes of the peoples that have set themselves against me all around. And again, O Lord my God, in you I take refuge. Save me from all who pursue me and deliver me. Interestingly and wonderfully, Ukrainians have been pictured on social media praying together and sharing verses from the Psalms and other Bible passages. Last Friday, Premier Radio shared footage of a Ukrainian family reciting verses from Psalm 31 from the underground shelter close to their home. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turning to Scripture in times of personal or national distress and suffering is a powerful, time-honoured discipline. The Psalms especially have been and continue to be a powerful resource 
allowing people to vent their anger, to lament, to pray, to direct praise and wonder to God, and many other feelings besides. And we know that on the cross, Jesus, in his final moments of agony and suffering, found a voice in the Psalms. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The opening words of Psalm 22. Into your hands I commend my spirit. Another verse from Psalm 31. Today, on this first Sunday of Lent, we've heard the account by Luke in his Gospel of Jesus being tested in his 40-day fast in the wilderness. This, of course, is meant to put us in mind of another journey through the wilderness, a time of testing and challenge for the people of Israel following their exodus from Egypt. And did you notice in the Gospel account this morning just how central the use of Scripture was. For Jesus, his formation and grounding in the Hebrew Scriptures served him well in defending the taunts of the devil. And did you also notice that even the devil used Scripture to taunt Jesus in verses from Psalm 91? If you throw yourself down from the pinnacle of this temple, you'll be okay, because it says here in the good book of Psalms, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you, and on their, on, your, on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus will have none of this. Each time the devil tries to trap him to do cheap stunts, it's Scripture that is part of his defense and attack. Does the temptation narrative on this first Sunday of Lent give us a reasonable defense for the times when we see and hear the tempting voices, the sights and sounds of life? Well, yes, it does. At least that's what Bishop Tom Wright argues in his commentary on this passage. He writes, store Scripture in your hearts and know how to use it. And again he says, keep your eyes on God and trust Him for everything. The faithful Christians of Ukraine are trying very hard to do that right now. When the hymn writer Isaac Williams was writing hymns for young people to sing back in the 19th century, he found inspiration in a verse, sorry, in a series based on the Lord's Prayer. His verses in Be Thou My Guardian and My Guide are clearly based on the petition, Lead Us Not Into Temptation. They're prayerful words which acknowledge our indebtedness to Jesus for going ahead of us in this respect. I'm sure you know well the particular verse to which I'm referring. And if I, tempted, am to sin, and outward things are strong, do Thou, O Lord, keep watch within, and save my soul from wrong. 
Companionship with Jesus is always key for the Christian, just as companionship and trust in God were key for the people of Israel in their wilderness journey some 1,200 years before, and for Jesus in his wilderness journey in that first Lent. There's a story told of a little girl, obviously well-versed in the Scriptures, who was once asked how she avoided temptation. She said, whenever the devil knocks at the door, I ask Jesus to answer it. Then the devil says, I've come to the wrong house, and goes away. That's a great reminder that in suffering and trying times in life, we're never alone. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews reminds us in words which are reflected in today's collect that in Jesus we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us today approach the throne of grace with boldness and anticipation that we, along with our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, may receive mercy and find grace to help in our respective times of need. Amen.